Welcome to the podcast 2D with Dennis. I'm Dennis Stovall. Plus Kelly. Plus, week six is upon us. This marks the halfway point of the regular season. And to me, it seems like we have more questions at this point in the season this year than in previous years. I agree. And uh, going back to what you stated earlier, that this is the season of chaos. And we are left out of all the years they've done the uh, college football playoff. Usually by now we, we have a clear path or we have four teams that are head and shoulders above everybody else. But this year, we do not. We have a jumble of teams uh, in the mid-tier. We got two top-tier teams, but those other two spots for the first time in a long time are to be decided, and it might come down to the very last day of the college football regular season. Like, we can already rule out the ACC. We can already rule out the Pac-12. The Big Ten... Ohio State is gone. They represented the Big Ten, what, out of the six years, five of the six years? Yeah, I think the only other team to make it in there was Michigan State one year. So, exactly. So, I don't know. Like, I, we're going to get some questions answered this week because Iowa hosts Penn State, two top five teams from the Big Ten. Uh, Big Ten. The yeah, questions. That, go yeah, ahead. That, I was going to say, um, as far as a elimination game goes, this is it. This is it. This is this is both of their their seasons. If you want to go, if you're trying to get to the college football playoffs, this is your one chance. You win this game, you keep you keep advancing. You lose, then you know there's 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 a slim chance that you'll be able to make it in. Very slim. Like, this is a huge game, not only in the aspect of number, what, three versus number four, but for the Big Ten altogether, getting someone else outside of Ohio State. Like, did you know that according to College Game Day's Chris Falica, this is the first matchup between Big Ten, ten, Big ten teams ranked in the top five of the AP poll that didn't include Ohio State since 1997. That's pretty crazy. That's a crazy stat. So Ohio State's been that dominant um, over the past 23 years. That That is very impressive. Um, yeah, because I was going to say, usually if it did involve – I was going to say probably a large amount of those games involved Ohio State and Michigan, uh, given given that stretch. But, but yeah, no, this is, it's time. It, it's time. Ohio State had that one slip up. They're nowhere near as good of a team as they were last year. And their their playoff hopes are – I mean, they can still win the Big Ten. That is still a very, very real possibility. But as far as uh, getting to the playoffs, that is a that, – that's not very likely at this point. Well, let's take a look at these two teams, Penn State and Iowa. Like, they both have two solid victories – on the year, Penn State beat Auburn and Wisconsin. Iowa beat Iowa State and Indiana. All four of those teams were ranked for these two teams when they played them. Absolutely, I think that uh, that this is one of the one of the first me- or one of the biggest meetings between two teams that have 
that that have had that championship aspirations. Now, Penn State going in has the pedigree, overwhelming. You know, they've they've been they've been close um, in the last couple of years. Uh, James Franklin has has had them as, as outside. You can take out last year. Last year was a kind of outlier. They seem to have righted the ship since then. But Iowa is that that upstart, and that that game against Iowa State, where they were able to pressure, get all those turnovers on on Iowa State. That just kind of opened my eyes to say, hey, you know, this team is for real. They're not, they're not messing around. They really do have a chance to, to not only win the Big Ten, but get into the playoffs and make some noise. Speaking of turnovers, Iowa, they lead the nation with 12 picks so wow. far. That's impressive. And that is impressive. And, well, both, both of these defenses are impressive. Impressive. Um, Penn State is the number three ranked defense in the nation so far, and Iowa is the number two ranked defense. So this is going to be a defensive battle. And that that kind of, I think, plays into Iowa's favor, um, given what I know of them. They're uh-huh. kind of just having that, that ground and pound, wait for you to make a mistake. Uh, a lot of their turnovers, too, as I've, I've been watching their games, have been happening on uh, the opponent's side of the field, giving their offense a short field. Uh, giving them the ability to score points because that is that is the that is the time. If you the less you have to go, mm-hmm. the better chance you have to win and put uh, and put points on the board. Uh, the the one that sticks out is uh, the one against Iowa State where the uh, the running back goes out to the to uh, he's out on the sweep. They hit him. They call the fumble at like the five yard line. Two plays later, they're in the end zone. So you're saying they're bend but don't break type defense. Yes, yes, but they do have they they aren't I, I don't want to make it sound like they're they're not not explosive like not like not an attacking defense uh-huh. uh, because they, they have they're not Georgia by any stretch, but they're pretty good. They they are a pretty good defense. And they have had uh Iowa State is a was a pretty high scoring offense and they've and uh who is the oh who is the oh Indiana. Indiana has fallen off a little bit, but they're but they're they but they have a great they had a great quarterback. So we are going to see if if that team is going to be if Iowa is going to be able to match up against Penn State and slow them down. What are the keys for a victory for each team, in your opinion? All right, Penn State. The one thing that that, that stuck out with me watching them is they have two really great corners on the outside. Okay. So that the passing against them is is going to be tough, very tough. Um. So Penn State's going to have to run. I mean, they're going to have to find a way to, uh, to run the ball. There is that one receiver from Penn State you, that you like. Jahan Dotson. Yes, that is him. That is him. Uh, if he has a big game, then, then I think Penn State's going to win. Iowa, Iowa, Iowa State, I mean, Iowa, University of Iowa, for them to win this game, I'm thinking that they will have to play a defensive masterpiece type game because they are a grinding type team. Uh, keep the score low and capitalize on some turnovers to beat Penn State. I think it's going to be close. Where, where's, the, where's the game? Is it Penn State or is it in Iowa? Iowa. Oh, wow. All it's right. hard to win in Iowa, it's too. It's very difficult to win in Iowa. So I'm, I'm going to take, uh, take Iowa. I, I, think they, I think at home they're able to – they're able to get that energy and and make it tough for the for Penn State to be able to communicate with their wide receivers. And when that defense starts hitting, then you know 
it might fall apart for Penn State. Even though Jay, I, I like uh, the coaching matchup. I like James Franklin over 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 uh, Ferentz. Uh huh. I, I do. I do like him a little bit better, and I think that he probably has a little bit uh, better game plans as far as putting putting teams together and putting games together. But I just I just think it's just too much to go in there to Iowa and win this game. Okay. So Penn State gives up 12 points a game. Mm-hmm. Iowa gives up 11.6 points a game. <clears throat> so I do see this as a defensive battle, a low-scoring game. Um, Penn State, they have to protect the ball. They have to lean on Sean Clifford, the quarterback, because on the season, he's thrown for over 1,000 yards, 11 TDs, and three interceptions. Okay? Yeah. He's th- Jahan Dock. Already on the season. So, I think that I've, what I've seen of Iowa, their eyes are always in the backfield on defense. They're always looking. So, it seems like they're playing uh, maybe like a cover two, you know, bend but don't break, two safeties high, two deep. <laughs> and I think – Sean Clifford, I think he's going to have – He's they're going to play it conservatively, but I think he's going to take a few chances deep with Jahan Dotson. And I think they beat Iowa. Iowa's only a point-and-a-half favorite, so meaning if this had been in Penn State, Penn State would have been the favorite. They're just giving Iowa the benefit of the doubt because they have home field advantage. I think Penn State comes through. In a low-scoring game, I think it'll be something like nine to ten. Okay, yeah, that, that's a slobber knocker of a game. That is that is two teams, three yards in a cloud of dust, old school <laughs> uh, type type game. Um, I'm going to say Iowa State is able to put up. I mean, Iowa Iowa is able to put up two touchdowns. Ooh. Uh, yeah, and win this game to Penn State, who was only able to put up two field goals and give you six points. 14 to six. Wow. Okay. Okay. Well, that's, I mean, that's a big game in the Big in the Big Ten. It's not a rivalry like what we have going on in the Big 12. OU versus Texas, the okay. Red River rivalry. Now, this game is one of the most intriguing of the weekend. Because for Oklahoma, you slip up and you lose this game, your title hopes are dashed. And they've been, they've been shaky all year long. Yes, they have. Uh, the two-lane game is the one that always sticks out of my mind because two-lane should nowhere – it shouldn't be on the same – shouldn't even be close to winning that game. Mm-hmm. Texas just had a game where they scored 75 points against Texas Tech. Yeah, given that's Texas Tech. But I don't know if Oklahoma even plays more defense than Texas Tech does. I think it's probably about the same. Um, huh. So I'm, I'm looking at this game. Texas, uh, Sarkeesian, they found, a, they found a great running running attack last week, uh, rotating the backs in and out. Bijan Robinson, the Big 12 leading rusher, averages yes. 130 yards a game. Yeah, and I think that he is going to be the focal point of this of this attack for Texas. 
Agreed. And I, I think that oh, I was going to say, if Texas can get a lead, put some pressure um, on Oklahoma, I think that Texas will be able to get this game. Huh. This game is fascinating, like, in the aspect that it's been a one-score game each of the last seven years. So it's going to be a close game. Oklahoma is a three-and-a-half-point favorite. Texas, you know, they have – their quarterback is Casey Thompson. His mm-hmm. father was a uh, star quarterback, Charles Thompson, at OU. So that's, that's some history. There's some history. <laughs> yeah, and Oklahoma has Spencer Rattler. Spencer Rattler was a Heisman favorite coming into the season. He's been somewhat of a disappointment this year. He's been up and down inconsistent OU doesn't play all uh, doesn't seem to want to play defense I mean they have all these athletes that they take from Texas yep and you know Oklahoma it used to go hand in hand offense and defense top top five team always making the playoffs last few years the offense has carried them now the defense is not as good and the offense is not as good. They pulled out. They're undefeated. I'm not a Texas fan either. Like no, you're not. No, no. <laughs> I've had, I've had, to, I've had, to, I've had to pull teeth to get you to see that Texas actually had a had a team. Now I didn't think so after that Arkansas game. I was like, maybe, maybe they are just not what I thought they were. But they do have, they do have players. They do have some good athletes, and. Um, the running game is the great equalizer in games like this because it's going to limit the amount of times that Spencer Rattler is going to be able to touch the ball. And Casey Thompson is involved in the running game for Texas. Mm-hmm. You know what? I'm going to have to agree with you this time. Wow. I'm take, Finally, I'm t- you're saying you've never taken Texas. I'm taking Texas over Oklahoma this week. Um, it will be a shootout. I think the score will be 35-32 Texas. Okay. All right. Now, I, I, I've been on Texas. I still I still believed even after that Arkansas game. It was hard. But they've, they've since righted the ship. They put up a lot of points. Sarkeesian has them believing in themselves. And Oklahoma is prime for the pickings this week. They are. They are. So, they can't play sloppy. They can't. They can't be inconsistent. They can't have the mental lapses. They got to tackle. They got to wrap up. They got to cover. They have to play a complete game. Um, they have been tested, but they've been shaky. So I I like Texas. I like the running game for Texas. I like B. John Robinson. I like Casey Thompson running and throwing the ball in this game. I think, I think they pull off the mild upset this week. Okay. I'm right there with you. I, I'm saying Texas goes and puts 45 all, up on that Oklahoma uh, defense, and that Oklahoma is only able to muster 27. Okay. You know what I'm doing this? You know what I'm doing tomorrow? What's that? I'm headed down to Jordan Hare Stadium. I'm gonna watch that eagle fly over, <laughs> and then I'm gonna watch them dogs take on Auburn Tigers. I'll be there. Um, UGA is a 
16 and a half point favorite. But there's there's some questions about Georgia this year or at this point. Mm-hmm. Can this, the secondary hasn't really been tested, although a lot of that has to go with the front seven. The offense, like, they only put up, uh, what was it, six points against uh, Clemson in the first game. Right. And then they played some subpar opponents uh, the last four games. So, and Clemson isn't what we thought they were going to be this year. So, with that being said, like, the question is, when are they going to be tested and when are they going to play somebody with some credentials? And Auburn, a one-loss team, they lost to uh, ranked Wisconsin. This is the game. This is the game that would say, okay, this is a for-real Georgia team, not just their defense. Defense hasn't been tested. Now they're going to be tested. Yeah, no, this is this is. But I would say this: Georgia probably put on the tape of Georgia State versus Auburn, and they looked at that and said, "Wow, um, we can open. We might be able to open some lanes against this this team." Um, but then you know, it's kind of kind of the reverse. And then they played LSU, and they looked like world beaters again in the second half. Right, Bo Nitz looked like looked like he channeled his inner um, Johnny Menzel in that game. Yeah, so he is the he is the X factor. You yes. have to you you got to account for which Bo Nix is going to be there. Is it going to be this playmaking Bo Nix that beat Justin Herbert in his very first start, or is it going to be the Bo Nix who was yanked against Georgia State two weeks ago? Huh. Great question. Like, I'm I'm not understanding why T.J. Finley is not starting for them. It's that it's that legacy. It is. It has to be. That is the only thing that I can possibly think of. That is why he's still in there. He played great last week, and it, granted, yeah, he probably has more experience. He probably has more work. But he, you look at this. You look at it, it's a first year head coach, new system. Both guys are. He saw both guys in practice. He thinks that Bovinick still gives him the best chance to win. Um, this defense coming at you is very, very, very good. So you need somebody in there who is not going to get rattled and not give not give Georgia an easy an easy turnover or make a bad decision or make Georgia's defense make you see something's not there and make you make a mistake that could that could turn the game in a way that you can't ever get it to go back the other way. So that is what they're up against, and I think that's why Bo Nix is a starter. But who's to say that he's starting at the at the at the end of the at the end of the second half, or the beginning of the second half. That is the one thing that, that is going to happen. We saw that against Georgia State, that if they get into a situation where they are down, um, you, you'll see Finley. Well, I will say this. This game is more evenly matched than a lot of people would think. Georgia obviously has the number one defense in the nation. But Auburn has the 11th ranked defense. They only give up close to a little less than 300 yards a game, and they only give up 16, 16 points a game. Now, George has only given up 889 yards the whole year. Yeah, I, we don't. Even, I don't even have to speak about George's defense. We've seen what they've done. Yeah, they're for, they're legit, ferocious. And on offense, 
Georgia has the eighth-ranked offense, scoring offense, and Auburn has the 11th-ranked scoring offense. So there's not much separating these two teams statistically, nationally. But you know how it is in the rivalry games. Like, anything can happen between Georgia and Auburn. We've seen that. And over the years, home field advantage – has not um, has not equaled in in this game it, it, between these two teams. It has been the either team. the road team winning, yeah. and UGA is the road team. I think this is Georgia's statement game right here to let everybody know. You think we are for real? We're showing you we are for real. I think. They put on a smackdown this weekend. I'm hoping because I'm going to the game. <laughs> right? I think they cover that 16 and a half. And I think the key is they have to score early. They can't have overthrown passes. They can't drop the ball, score early, run the ball down their throat. As you mentioned earlier, Georgia State opened lanes. Like tractor trailer lanes. With the slowest running back that I have ever seen. Ever seen. Like he's slower than most people's fullback. So yeah. I Yeah. You know, I I'm thinking that that Georgia State game was an anomaly only because, you know, they the week prior they went and had a hard fall game up in Wisconsin, come back, you know, they're just thinking, Oh, it's Georgia State. We don't really have to get up for it. Mm-hmm. They can't do that against Georgia. No, they cannot. I, I think Georgia's talent is overwhelmingly overwhelmingly better than um, Auburn, and they will overwhelm them altogether in this game. No, I agree. I agree. Um, now, if uh, if Georgia does get into a situation, this is this is very hypothetical, where they are down. Do you think they switch quarterbacks if it's if it's Stetson Bennett? Who are they going to switch to? Blake Vandergriff. Um, Vandergriff? Yeah. Has he even got on the field this year? No. Not even so a mop you, up. So you skip uh, Carson Beck and go to Brock Vandergriff? I think is, is I think Brock's the next up, isn't he? Or is, has Carson played? Carson has played. No, then you go with Carson. Carson. Carson has looked really shaky in his limited time. Yeah, that, he, he, that's right. Carson came in against UAB. And he did not look. Yeah, he, yeah, yeah, yeah. Stetson looked way better. So let's hope that let's hope is JT available for this game. I think it's a game game time decision, but I don't think he's playing. I think they're going to rest him another week, um, because they let that lat heal. Uh, I, I heard that they've been talking to the Dallas Cowboys because Dak had a more serious. Um, oh yeah, he did. He did. Lat injury, but yeah. the same lat injury, just uh, a higher grade. Yeah. And all he could do is rest. So I think they'll give him the rest here and play him the following week, maybe. But I can see them yanking. Uh, I can see them yanking uh, Stetson Bennett because Stetson has shown, you know, he's like, he's got that Johnny Menzel 
gunslinger run around mentality that could get you in trouble. And if any, if maybe Georgia showed their game plan last week where he only threw 11 times, he was seven of 11, but he only threw it 11 times and they just ran the ball down Arkansas's throat. Mm-hmm. I do think Arkansas has a better defense than Auburn this year, but, um, Hopefully they don't have to depend on Stetson Bennett, and I think that's the key because he doesn't have my trust level. Because I've seen him, I've seen him play against Tennessee. I seen him last year. Yeah, I seen him play against Arkansas. It wasn't all that great. Yeah. Oh, I just hope they don't have to rely on Stetson Bennett to win the game because I'm not sure that he can do that. Yeah, I'm definitely not sure either. Let's hope. Let's hope the defense comes to play. And uh, they can get up so they can run the ball and then uh, maybe hit some easy play action passes. I've really, really been impressed with the uh, the tight ends play, the, the freshman. Brock Bowers, He's, yep. Brock Bowers has done a fantastic job um, of, of not only getting targets, but making good on his targets when he gets the ball. And that's and something his, that – oh, go ahead. And his blocking has been spectacular too. Yes. Yes, it has. And last week, Georgia got Darnell Washington back. He only played a few snaps. Maybe they up his workload this week. So you'll have Washington and you'll have Bowers. And I think there has – who's the third tight end? But the main, the main two tight ends are Washington and Bowers. They present a mismatch over the middle and um, deep along the hashes. So – and Fitzpatrick is a third tight end that they could use. Right. So they have options. Um, what I won't discount, though, is Auburn's running game because they have two studs in the backfield. Tank Bisbee, who averages five yards a pop, and the freshman Jarquez Hunter, who averages uh, ten yards a pop. So Georgia still, they, they, they're going to have to man up on the defensive line, you know, push that the line of scrimmage in the backfield, wrap up, not let anyone get outside. It's 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 going to be I'm not saying it's going to be easy, but I do think Georgia wins. I'm thinking I don't think Georgia gives up a touchdown again this week. Maybe two field goals. I think the score will be something like 28 to 6. All right. I'm going to do you one better. I'm going to say that Auburn doesn't score. Oh. Why I'm do you just, think that? I'm I'm just thinking that Bo Nix is going to be the the bad Bo Nix this week, and that Georgia is going to put lots of pressure on him. They are going to be in a situation where they are going to be going for it on fourth down a lot, and and, and when they're going for it, they are not going to be making it. Um, and Georgia's just going to keep the pressure on them, and Georgia's going to win this game thirty-five to nothing. I didn't get to get a chance to watch the whole game between Auburn and LSU last week. Did you happen to watch it? I did. It was late. It was super late. So, Bo Nix is – well, my question is, was is LSU's defense not fast enough to contain Bo Nix? I don't, I don't even recognize this LSU team. This is a far cry from the one that Joe Barrow led to a national championship – 
they just looked very they, – they just didn't look like they knew what they were doing. A lot of players out of position, and when they were in position, they weren't making tackles. Um, Auburn fought back. I mean, they were down, but that's the thing. It, it, uh, one of the signs of a well-coached team is being able to finish, and mm-hmm. LSU hasn't been able to finish this season. Well, the reason I asked – because LSU normally has the same caliber athletes as UGA yeah. and vice versa. Right. Can UGA's defense, based on what you saw of Bo Nix, contain him, keep him in the pocket, put pressure, and sack him? Yes. Easily. Easily. Okay. Easily. Yeah, he's not gonna be able to he's not gonna be able to break contain on this on the those ends. They're gonna be able to keep him right there in the center and force him to make mistakes. So, week six, give me your top ten. All right. Now, this top ten is going to be a little bit different than the ones that, I, that I've done in the past. Okay. Uh, so, we'll start with the number ten team, and then we'll, we'll, we'll work backwards. There, there will be a little bit of explaining because okay. I, do ha- I do have to uh, – I do have to make uh, make a couple of, of points in this uh, in this top ten. Okay, all right. So we are going to start out with my number ten team, which is Oklahoma. Oklahoma. Oh, yeah. They they've fallen. They've been falling all season long because of their their bad play. So they fall to number ten. Okay. All right. Next on that list. We have BYU, still undefeated, still playing great. Another team that's a Pac-10, Pac-12 killer, knocking off Pac-12 teams left and right. All right, number eight, we have Oregon, who just lost to Stanford. Uh, Stanford might be better than we thought. Maybe uh, we're going to talk about the Pac-12 later. But, but yeah, I'm going to give them that. They, they, they still beat Ohio State. That's still a quality win. Number seven, let's go Michigan State. Still undefeated. Still haven't really – they've played well, led by their running back. Very happy with what they've done. They're, they're in there. This is, this is a very Big Ten-heavy top ten. All right, number six, we go to Cincinnati, who had the biggest win of their season last week, knocking off Notre Dame and really, really knocking them out. Number five, might be a little low. But let's go Iowa. Ooh. All right. Okay. So I, I dropped it, I dropped them down a little bit because because this week I want to see what they can do. If, if they're a real contender, they'll win. They'll move back up. Number four, who's moving up, is Michigan. <laughs> I'm gonna give Michigan a legit shot to get to the final four at this point, uh, from what I've seen. Good coaching. They've seemed to have righted the ship. Very focused. Had they not lost that wide receiver in the very first game to an ACL injury, who knows? Who knows? They they might they might be they might be even more of a threat than they are now. Number three, let's go Penn State. Uh, number two, Alabama, who had a great win last week against Ole Miss, and then number one, Georgia, because defense wins championships, and Georgia yes. has the best defense. <clears throat> Okay. How about you? I'm, I'm reading your – when I'm looking at your top ten, what do you – what about it is 
abnormal or controversial? Because I kind of like it. All right. So a lot of people don't think that Michigan's earned that oh. uh, to, to be ranked that high. Okay. But just just looking at, at them play and then just seeing how they're able to play. They've had close games. They've had blowout games. They've had both. They've had a good range. Uh, but in those games that were close, they, they, they have – they have the characteristics of a team that would be able to to rise to the occasion to play this year in Ohio State, at Penn State, and Iowa. And they got Iowa in two weeks, so we're, we're going to see right there. Um, another one, people might have uh, Oklahoma higher also, just for the fact that you know they're they're the, the reigning Big Twelve champion or what, or not the reigning Big Twelve, but but they're they're the perennial power in the Big Twelve, and they and they're still undefeated. I put them behind Oregon because I think on an, I think Oregon can beat Oklahoma. I also think that Michigan could beat Iowa, Cincinnati, Michigan State, Oregon, BYU, and Oklahoma. <laughs> well, if they played Oregon, then they was what was that running back uh, Lavelle? Yeah, he's out for the year. Ah, that's a big that's a big knock. It is. So my top ten, starting from ten, I'll I have. BYU is number 10. I have Michigan State at number nine. Okay. I have Michigan at number eight. There we go. I have at number seven, Coastal Carolina. Coastal Carolina, who is steadily putting foots to people. Oh, beatdowns. Yeah, beatdowns. Ah. Um, Number six, I have Oklahoma. Yep. Number five, I have Cincinnati. I will say this. Cincinnati did their thing against um, Notre Dame. They're currently playing Temple, and they're up 10-0 in the second quarter. If Cincinnati wins out and they win convincingly, they should make the college football playoff. They should, but I think they're still going to need some help. So what, what's the difference between Cincinnati and perennial Notre Dame? The, Notre Dame, the, the name the name value, and just the way that people associate Notre Dame with championship football. For Cincinnati had, if Notre Dame had to beat Cincinnati and won out, they would be in the playoffs. No question asked. No Cincinnati, question. Right. Cincinnati has much better talent across the board right. than Notre Dame. And it showed in the game. This was like, and Cincinnati, what, last year, they lost by three points to Georgia in the bowl game. Mm -hmm. It's time to get, you know, these non-Power 5 conference teams a shot. And I think this will be the year if they win out. And I'm looking at their schedule. It's doable. It is very doable. The 100% get them in thing would be Ohio State winning the Big Ten. If Ohio State wins the Big Ten with that loss to Oregon, they put Cincinnati in over the Big Ten champion. Hmm. Well, number four is Penn State. Right. Number three is Iowa. So tomorrow eliminates one of these two teams for now. Yes, it does which will move Cincinnati on my rankings up into the top four. If, if this score holds up, Cincinnati beating Temple. And then at number two, I have, again, Georgia. And at number one, I have Alabama. 
I will say, I may be – I think Georgia's better than Alabama this year. Mm-hmm. But looking at the schedule, I think Alabama has played one more tougher game than Georgia. Now, the win- I'm, I may be inclined to move both of these teams down, Alabama and Georgia, one spot, and move up the winner of Iowa and Penn State. Because their schedules have been more difficult than the schedules that Alabama and Georgia have had. Now, I don't pay, now looking, you know, visibly looking at them, Georgia and Alabama are better. But if you go by, you know, the degree of wins, Iowa and Penn State have better wins overall. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree with that. And you know what? I'm about to say something blasphemous to the uh, to the southeastern part of the country. The best conference in America right now is the Big Ten. Yeah, no, that's what I, I agree. I got more. I, this is the first time I was looking at my 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 top ten. It's like, wow, there's a lot of Big Ten in there. Right, Iowa, Penn State, Michigan, Michigan State. Like, whoa. But I, I want to give some recognition to a couple teams on the outside looking into the top ten, and that's Kentucky and Wake Forest. <laughs> Wake How Forest. About that? How about that? <laughs> right? Wake Forest may win the uh, ACC this year, and they're undefeated still. Yep. Kentucky, uh, Stoops down there, Bob Stoops. Is it? Is it? What Stoops brother is it? Uh, it's, the, it's Mike. Is it Mike? No, not Mike Stoops. It's uh, I think it is Bob. It's one of the Stoops brothers. Was, yeah, yeah. Right. He 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 has Kentucky playing hard, and uh, you know they last year they were weak on offense. They they brought in um, the spread offense with a new coordinator, and they're 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 looking decent. Uh, they'll give they'll Kentucky will give. Georgia some issues for a quarter or two. Um, but the talent is just too much better. It's too better. It's much better at Georgia than Kentucky. And yeah. I think that wins out. But I just want to give a little recognition to Kentucky and Wake Forest. Well, well deserved. Those are two programs that, that have been uh, in basement dwellers who this season have found uh, have found new life. Um, I was going to say Wake, Wake is in a little bit better situation than Kentucky being that – Kentucky They're still has, yeah, yeah. So they, they they have a much better road, especially since the top, the best team in their their uh, division has taken a long fall from grace this season. So Wake Wake might be there at the end. So, um, they may be in the end because of how chaotic this season is. Yeah. Yeah, who, who would have said Wake Forest is your ACC is an ACC contender back in August? No one. Not, I, it didn't even cross my radar. But because it's been so chaotic, something that we we um, like to do going forward is repredict our conference winners. And today we want to relook at the Pac-12. They're divided into the North and South. In the North, they have Oregon State, Stanford. Oregon, Washington, Washington State, and Cal. In the South, there's Arizona State, Utah, USC, UCLA, 
Arizona, and Colorado. There's only three teams left in the Pac-12 that are undefeated in conference play. Conference play only, and that's Oregon State in the north, and in the south is Arizona State and Utah. How do you see the Pac-12 North shaping out? All right. I see Stanford winning the Pac-12 North now. I do. Uh, I watched them play USC, house them. Watched them play uh, UCLA, house them. They have a quarterback that is that is that wherever he was, wherever he transferred from, they should be ashamed of themselves for letting <laughs> him go because <laughs> he can play. So uh, David Shaw is also a great coach. So I, I've watched Stanford firsthand. I, I think they're they're fantastic, um, and they're definitely going to win the North. I think they're going to win the whole the whole uh, Pac-12 in the South. I see. I still want to say USC, but I know it's not going to happen. Um, Arizona State is is up there, and you know they had a tough loss. Who, who did they lose to just recently? Was it Fresno State? Fresno State, yes. The the other Pac-12, BYU <laughs> and Fresno State are the Pac-12 killers. Um, so, I, but I know that Fresno Fresno has their quarterback is the number one quarterback as far as yards in the nation. So, I mean, that that's really the thing. He's a, he's a great player. But I think that Utah has the best mix of offense and defense. They're still currently undefeated. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go Stanford versus Utah in the Pac-12 championship and then Stanford winning and representing the Pac-12 in the Rose Bowl. Oh, Stanford already has one loss in mm-hmm. the conference. this, And they play Arizona State this week. Yep. Arizona State at the beginning of the year was my – to win the Pac-12. And I still have Arizona State winning the Pac-12, and I think they'll beat Stanford this weekend. And that would give Stanford two losses in the conference. And Oregon State, they're still 2-0. and yep. And so I see, I see Oregon State winning the Pac-12 North, Arizona State still winning the South, Arizona State representing the Pac-12, and they won't make it to the – I've already ruled the Pac-12 out of the college football playoff. But, yeah, they're, they're done. You know, this is – it'll be good for Herm Edwards and his staff. I like them in the Rose Bowl. I like them winning the Pac-12 and going to the Rose Bowl. So this is going to be a big game. So this is it. Stanford and Arizona State this weekend is going to be the matchup. Um USC still has the best receiver in college football, Drake London, but that's not going to do them any good because they've already lost two games. (laughs) Already. They're two and two in the Pac-12. In the Pac-12. They're done. They're done. Do you think UCLA still can make some noise? I I want to believe that they can, but there there are some glaring holes in what they're doing, and I think that Stanford kind of – they just couldn't compete with Stanford, and and – when I watched them against USC, it was kind of like a little bit back and forth, and then Stanford just kind of overwhelmed them. Uh, same thing happened against UCLA. So I, I think the Chip Kelly had such a great start, and they're such high hosts for this season. But I don't, I don't think they're going to win the Pac-12. I don't think they're going to win their side of the Pac-12. Okay. What do you? What is your outcome from Oregon? Like, oh, Oregon still they're still alive. They're still alive, but their only their only issue now is that they're they're chasing. They're chasing a game. Um, 
to being behind. So you're hoping for somebody ahead of you to lose, which, which, I mean, it, it's going to play with them a little bit. It, I, I want to get into the, I don't want to get into the fact that it, it can mess up your motivation to go out there and go knowing that you're not playing for anything, but they, they had everything. I mean, they were, they went from Blanche for potentially a national championship spot to now just barely trying to make it into the Pac-12 championship. I think they don't have – well, A, Kayvon Thibodeau, he got injured again last week. So it yeah. seems seems like he may be a little injury prone. He may need to think about sitting out the rest of the year. Because yeah. he was having another stellar game before he got injured. Yeah. And then they lose Lavelle. Um, excuse me if I'm mispronouncing his name. He's out for the year. He was a stud. You had mentioned him before. <sighs> there. I, Oregon is crumbling. Yeah, they're crumbling, and and they looked so good against o- Ohio State. And yeah, I, th- uh, I thought this, I thought this was their year. I thought this was the year that they they break through and get to the playoffs and then make some, make some noise. But they they definitely do not. With those two injuries, it's they're very. It's going to be very difficult for them to overcome that. All right, Plus, could you please tell the audience? Um, where they can find us? All right. You can find us online at www.two-deep.com. That's www.two-deep-with-a-hyphen.com. And also on Instagram, you can find us at uh, Clang and Bang Podcast. Uh, we do a little bit of everything, but it's going to focus more on football during the, uh, during the college football season. Okay. Uh, one thing I would like to do before before we sign off is apologize to the audience. I promised you a special guest on last Friday. We had him in studio. It was a great interview. It awesome interview. And then I went and messed it up. And we had some te- uh, technical difficulties. And we weren't able to post it. So, I'm not going to tell you who it was, but we will have him on in the near future. We will And hopefully, go ahead. We're going to run it back. We're going to run it back. And hopefully it'll be as great as what it was when um, we sat down and talked to him. But thank you for joining the podcast Too Deep with Dennis and Pless. I'm Dennis Stovall. Pless Kelly. And we'll see you next week to talk about what happened in week six. Thank you.